Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Welcome to Wonderful and Strange. I'm PJ. I'm Celia. And this week we covered 1973's Don't Look Now, directed by Nicholas Roeg. But before we get into that, what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, not a lot. Not a lot? Not a lot. It's been too hot to do too much. Yeah, it has been really hot, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's I said that really with hot. understanding that like, not everywhere, obviously, has the climate of Britain. But for me, it's hot. For yeah, other, other for, countries, for British people, it's, it's, it's scorchier yeah. when it's like 15 degrees. Yeah, yeah it's all, <laughs> that's the max, that's the ceiling. Yeah, oh, what have I done? Not a lot. Gardening, because it's been nice. Getting ready to go out and sit outside and that's have a drink. That's about it. Yeah, it's prime pub garden weather mm. is what it is. So I'm going to make the most of that before I start my new job on Monday. That's exciting. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. It'll be nice. it'll be nice. I'm I'm a bit sort of I'm a bit nervous, but I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, in all that crazy fun. We watched Don't Look Now from nineteen seventy three. Directed by Nicholas Roeg. It scored a seven point two out of ten on IMDB and the synopsis is A married couple grieving the death of their daughter travelled to Venice to heal. John starts to see a mysterious red-coated figure around the city. Who is this? Written a haiku. Excellent. Girl in a red coat. Visions in Venice for John. Tragedy follows. 
Haikus are so accurate. That is accurate. I feel like that is... It covers it all. It certainly does. Haikus are great. <laughs> so, we open on rain on a pond. And then you get the Don't Look Now title card. And then we see a little girl in a red coat in a sort of wooded palatial garden. It's a massive mm, garden. It's lovely. Just playing. She's playing with a ball. And a ball goes in the lake, but she can't reach it. She kind of she kind of goes to reach, and she's like, oh, I can't reach that. So then it cuts to the house inside, and it's Donald Sutherland and his wife. Donald is working, looking at a church restoration. I think he must be an architect, because he's got like... Yeah, he's, he's got that like kind of like... architect boards and, yeah. and stuff like that. So the mum's... The mum's looking at a book and he's like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm looking up a question that uh, a little girl asked. And it's something about um, how do we know... If the earth is round, why is a frozen pond flat? Why is a frozen pond flat? But then she finds out that frozen water actually isn't flat. Oh, it just looks flat. It just looks flat. So apparently it's a bit... This... this Stories, it's based on a short story by Daphne du Maurier. Oh. And it's in like a book of short stories. But um, in the in the book, the little girl gets meningitis. Oh. And that's why she falls ill. Mm. So Meningitis is, is horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's scary, isn't yeah. it? So they've got another child who's a little, little boy, Johnny. He's fixing the bike. And the girl goes over to the lake again. Then it cuts back to the dad who's looking at this like slide and he knocks over some ink, I think it is. It's like red ink and it runs across this photograph. And he sees um, there's like a red coated figure in this mm. picture and then red that just goes all over the thing. And it, and he kind of, he gets up really suddenly and then she's like, what's, what's wrong with it? And he's like, I need to go outside. Because of got that a bad feeling, sort of horrible fit. That's horrible. That feeling, mm, like you, you yeah. like. I need to, I need to go. I need to do something. So he goes outside, but then you see the little girl sort of sinking in the lake. Oh, it's frightening. It's, and I mean, this is barely sort of ten minutes into the film that that this is happening as well. So he dives in to get her. While this slide that he was looking at sort of spoils, you see like it sort of mm. burn and spoil. And then him just scream, like it's like a sort of dream scream where he's yeah. like, ah. He gets her out onto the bank of this pond, tries to revive her but he can't and he's absolutely distraught yeah. and he's just carrying her and he's like crying. And then the mum comes out and immediately knows and she screams. And then it cuts to them in Venice which I thought was weird because they have had a daughter drown in a lake and then they yeah. moved to Venice, which is surrounded by water. Mm. Isn't that weird? You might have lots of nasty reminders of what's happened. Well, yeah, because he keeps seeing her in the damn canal every five minutes, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so he's working in Venice and he's, and I think he's restoring an old church because that's what he specialises in, I'm thing. guessing. That's his thing. There's so many jobs That's out a there nice job. that you don't realise exist until you find out that someone does them. Tell you what I find weird as well, that because of the world as it is, like the modern world, we've invented all these weird jobs for yeah. people to do. Yeah. That probably aren't 
needed really but they are because of how we live now yeah do you know what i mean like it's swimming really pool ph testers yeah like they didn't shit used like to that. have them in yeah. 1602 did they and it's just like jobs there's so many because every aspect of our lives mm. has someone who's done a job to provide yeah. it like yeah you know when you get like a it's crazy isn't it any sort of packaging a designer has designed that packaging and like someone yeah. has Created the dimensions and, they've and printed it out. And print, yeah, it's like yeah. You, there's so many people doing these random jobs in the world, and you see what they produce all the time, and you never think about the people. Yeah, it's crazy. I think about stuff like that a lot, and I just find yeah. it really, really bizarre. I don't know why. So he meets his wife for dinner at the hotel that they're staying at, and she's writing a letter. I think I don't know if she's writing a letter to a son or something. And there's two women watching them. And then he sort of says, oh, it's a bit it's a bit drafty in here. I'll shut the window. So he shuts the window, but then a door flies open. And uh, one of the old women's like, oh, God, I've got something in my eye. That's horrible. There's nothing worse than getting something in your eye. Mm. Um, and I feel like in this scene, as opposed to when they were at home, the dynamics completely change. Like, there's no kind of affection and yeah. there's no... Yeah, they barely speak to each other. They're not happy, really, are they? They're they're not in a good place. You wouldn't expect them to be there. It wasn't clear how much time has passed since what happened, but obviously, not an amount of time time for them to have dealt with it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, she she sort of sat there in the sat the sat there in silence waiting for food, basically. And the two women get up to help this woman get the crap out of her eye but they fall into them and they're like oh sorry sorry and then they sort of leave to the bathroom and then laura gets up who is wife and she's like oh i'll go and help them so i feel like she'd rather go help these two strangers than actually Mm. talk to her husband at this point so she she goes to the bathroom and they're like oh sorry uh sorry we're staring at you um yeah and then she's like oh okay and then she has a look at this woman's eye. I don't know if it is it the blind woman that's got something it's in the, her eye. It's the other one. The other one. Uh, it's a non-blind yeah. woman. Yeah. There's a blind woman and a non-blind woman. So she looks at her eye, she gets it out, and then she's like, oh, yeah, because then she's like, oh, my sister's blind. John's kind of sat by himself in the restaurant staring out, and he kind of stares and sees like his old house and his mm. old life and all that kind of stuff, and he's obviously in a place where... He's not in a good place. He's remembering all this stuff. Then it cuts back to Laura and she's helped this woman and she's like, oh, thanks very much. And then the sister's like, I can tell that you're really sad. Yeah. And she's like, okay then. And she's like, there's no need to be sad. And then she's like, oh yeah, my sister's a bit psychic. I'd have been like, really? Mm, Mm. Bit weird. And then she says, "Um, I've seen your little girl. Yeah. And then she's like, oh. But because... She's never met this woman yeah. from Adam and she wouldn't know yeah. that she had a daughter. I'd be like, oh, that's a bit weird. She's like, yeah, she's uh, she's fine. She's sat with you at the table and she's wearing a shiny... I think she says, like, a shiny red yeah. coat. And she's like, that's oh, weird. my God. That's something else I find weird as well. In, in sort of ghost mythology, mm. the clothes that you are wearing when you die yeah. are your ghost clothes. Well, you better dress well every I single know, day. I know this then. is it. What if you end up with like terrible 
clothes What if you were in the nude? What if you are in the nude? You'd be nude for the rest of your life. And people would see you in the nude after your death. Oh, God. You wouldn't appear, would you? You've got to think about these things. So she says... um, She's like, oh, you're very, you're very like her. You're very, like your daughter's very like you and and stuff. And and she's obviously getting really emotional and upset about it because it's still a raw subject, yeah. obviously. So she sits in the bathroom for a bit to kind of compose herself, and then she comes out. John is eating his tea, so he's not waiting he's for not her. Waited. He's like, oh, I sent your food back to warm because I don't know what you were doing, and. Uh, she basically faints at the table and falls. And this is like the first theme in this film of people falling, people falling all the time. Yeah. So she gets stretched off to the hospital and then it cuts to her at the hospital and she's watching like the children's ward and the kids are playing in there. And she, she seems fine. She's like, I'm fine, I'm better. And then... Uh, she tells John that this woman has said, oh, apparently Christine's still with us. The two ladies said mm. they saw her. But he's really, he's not a believer. Yeah. He doesn't believe it. And she's kind of gone from being quite sad and quiet and subdued to like, I feel great. Yeah. I am really happy, which is always a bit of a warning sign. Yeah. yeah it's it's not, not a normal not, no. flip. And he's like, I don't think you're fine. I think you maybe need to just calm down a little bit. So she ends up going to leave because she's recovered. They uh, they travel on a boat, because they're in Venice, to their hotel. But she wants to stop at a church to pray. And he's like, oh, Laura, why do you want to do mm. this? And uh, she decides that she's going to light a candle for Christine. He's not into it at all. And he sees like, a tour of people go past in this church. And he sees the woman, or one of the women, one of the sisters that, that was in this restaurant. And then he's like, oh no, I'm late. We've got to go. Because uh, he's got to meet with the bishop. Yeah. So they arrive to this this meeting and she's like, oh, sorry, it was my fault. I wanted to stop and light a candle, so I made him late. And he, and he sort of... the. The bishop's like, oh, there's really good advances on this church. It's looking great, you know, mm. you're doing doing a really good job. Apparently they're staying with this guy on Thursday for some reason. I don't know why. But he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk then. It'll be fine. It was the shortest meeting ever. It was, well, he'd waited to meet them and then they were late. And then they'd gone in about five yeah, minutes. Maybe he had another meeting. Who knows? I don't know. Mm. So... He sort of he sort of leaves and then, um, and then John says to his wife, he's like, because he asks her if she's Christian and and she's like, that was a bit weird, wasn't mm. it? And he's like, well, yeah, because you kissed his ring like in like proper like, mm. sort of greeting bishop Christian yeah. fashion, and she's like, oh, oh yeah, I did, didn't I? Did, Whoops. Did she not? <laughs> no, realize. did she done that? No. <laughs> I don't think that's an initial greeting to anyone. It is it's, very strange. It's not a, the sort of accidental greeting that you that you do would buy, like yeah, just default. Yeah, it's mm. really strange. Mm. So they get back to their hotel, which is a really nice hotel. Like their room is lovely. Mm. I, I was like, oh, their room is really nice. Um, and then and then she's sort of getting ready. He's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm gonna have a bath. So he's like, all right. And then. He does a bit of work 
and then showers she's in the bath and then she says there's some lumps coming back on your side so basically she's like you're getting fat (laughs) and i was like that is rude and then he goes back to work naked just sits on the chair naked it's just a bit strange and then the tall woman comes in and he's just fully naked yeah and then she's like "Uh, i'm gonna go bye here's your towels bye and then uh, and then she's like, oh, it's a good job I didn't injure myself when I fainted. Um, and then I think he brushes his teeth in the nude. And you were like, who brushes her teeth who in the nude? Who brushes teeth in the nude? And I was like, the well, nude. there's a less chance of spillage. Yeah, because But then I think she does say that you've got toothpaste on you. So I was like, it's a good job he wasn't clothed. Because if you get, get toothpaste. toothpaste on your clothes and you try and wash it out, it always you've comes got, back. You've got to re-wash them, You've got you? to fully wash them, yeah. Yeah. So they're sort of looking at the at paper on the bed and then they end up having sex with each other and it's a really sort of intimate scene. I feel like it's meant to convey like they're finally trying to get over their tragedy mm. and they're actually connected as a couple again and all that kind of stuff. Apparently that was the first scene that they filmed oh. in this film <laughs> and they literally just met each other. How awkward. Yeah, I know. And And there's loads of like controversy around it because people are like did they actually have sex they actually had sex and they've both been like no we didn't and he's and he said like it was like any other sex scene that you'd have on a film set it was really awkward the director was like shouting directions like grab her boob and like (laughs) stuff like that and he was like it was really weird so it's kind of i think it's kind of they like since the dot to died maybe they haven't been intimate with each other mm. and this is the first time possibly and it's like they've kind of closed off from each other but this is them sort of healing and starting to move forward i guess so but then I, but then i kind of noticed as well after that when they're getting ready they get ready in separate rooms and it's yeah. quite it's like they've almost closed off from each other again yeah so they leave for dinner um, but they're going out for dinner, not at the hotel, much to the hotel owner's dismay. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they're walking through Venice and they get lost, like, looking for this restaurant. Venice is so nice, isn't it? It is nice. I really liked the yeah. I really liked the setting. Um, the wife kind of sc- scarpers because she's seen a rat. And then and then he, I'm sure he says, he's like, I know this place. I know where, I'm sure I know where we are. And then they hear a scream and see a red-coated figure mm. run away. And then they're kind of like, what was that? I don't know what that was. Let's hurry along to this restaurant. So they kind of run to this restaurant. And they're like, oh, it was probably just a cat. It definitely wasn't, it wasn't a, cat. a cat. That was a person screaming, yeah. getting yeah. attacked, is what was that. So it cuts to renovations at the church, and he's placing statues on this, like... Um, it's like a sort of alcove in the outside of the church and he's up high trying to push this statue in and he sees the two women like looking on at the wife Mm. because the wife's there and then they're kind of behind her looking at her and he's like that's really strange i love the wife's red boots oh the fashion fashion in the 70s was and that tweedy that sort Mm. of tweedy like two-piece she had on oh i loved it it was amazing she was giving me like proper margot kidder vibes Mm. and i loved it so she she's sort of wandering around because he's working obviously and she's just got nothing to do 
and she sees the two ladies and she's really happy to see them and then they're kind of questioning her about what happened to Christine and she's quite forthcoming at this at this point because before she didn't really want to talk about it but I think she's getting to the point where she's like no actually I can open up and tell you what this sort of horrible thing happened in my life so she decides that she's going to go get a coat and she's going to go chat with these two ladies and then she she basically tells them the the story of what happened and then and she says that he that um John kind of knew something was wrong and he got up and he went outside and then one of them's like yeah he uh, he does he's got he's got the gift of sight mm. even though he resists it i think that that he does have like he's yeah. a little bit psychic as well which is kind of it's weird because it's kind of a throwaway comment but then comes back into play later yeah. on. So he's, yeah, he's still doing this statue and working and then uh, she goes, I think she goes for tea or she gets invited for tea yeah. to the ladies and then she tells John about it but he doesn't want to go because he's not into he's all not this having mumbo. Been of it, is he? No, he's not into all this mumbo jumbo. And then she's like, well, we need to move on and they might help us do it so... I'm going to meet them. And then it cuts to those two women laughing for some reason. Like, just laughing. Full on it's laughing. Really At this point, I was like, I don't trust these ladies. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, but I feel like they're set up to be weird. Mm. So she goes to meet these women and he's like, no, I don't want to. So I'm not doing it. So then he goes to a bar, I think, around the corner from the house to wait for her. So she gets she gets there with the with the women, and she has a whiskey at their <laughs> house. Johnny Walker. Oh, Johnny Walker it keeps cropping Seeing up. Seeing it everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's looking to their photos of, of their children and stuff, and they and they sort of talk about Angus being a gentle child, and I think he maybe died young, and they're like nothing can replace one that's gone. And then it cuts to John sulking in a bar because he didn't want mm. to go, and he's sulking and having a drink. So then. They're kind of having a... They're not having a seance, but they're kind of having a... Like a, like she's trying to read yeah. her and sort of maybe contact Christine, I think. And she asks if her legs are crossed, and she says yes, and she uncrosses them. But the other sister's legs are crossed, and she uncrosses hers as well. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I didn't quite understand what I was getting at. But... It's made to set up that they're dodgy, I think. Mm. Um, but apparently, before the film... They they went to a seance to see what happened. Oh, really? And the woman asked them if they had their legs crossed to uncross their legs. Oh, so they, they kept so it they in. Did, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know I don't know why. Yeah, she she's sort of doing this and John is going home to the hotel or just wandering about, I think. Oh yeah, that's it. Like he goes yeah, he goes home. And then it cuts back to the woman having a vision and she's having a vision of him getting chased by yeah. these men. But then she meets him at the bar, so that must be like a, yeah. a premonition. Because I was like, did that happen or not? It was confusing, but yeah. I think but it was I feel like it didn't because he was drunk when he was at yeah. the bar, so he must have just been sat drinking. And then she's like, are you going to be sick? Because they go back to the hotel and he's pissed up. And she's mm. like, are you going to be sick? I am not going to be sick. And then they sort of chatting and then i think he's like i am going to <laughs> <laughs> goes to throw up 
and he bas- she sort of says, Heather, this, this blind lady has second sight, and she said that your life's in danger while in Venice. And then he goes to be mm. sick. And then she's like, I feel like we need to leave. She's what, like, it's Christine warning us. Yeah. Like, she's telling us that we need to leave. And then he's like, she's dead. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, he's so matter-of-fact about it. He's like, she's dead. It's not her. I don't know what you're talking about. And then she sort of starts to doubt herself. And then she's like, maybe I'm ill. Maybe I need to go see somebody. And he's like, I, I feel like you need to not visit these women again because they're not mm. good for you. They do come across as a bit creepy, to be fair. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're, they're not good for you at all. And then she's sort of saying, can you take some time off and we'll go back to England and he's like yes fine but he's like really irritated by it but he will do it he will do it because he's he's supportive of his yeah. wife to be fair yeah it cuts to them sleeping but then the phone goes and it's like middle of the night and it's just a guy going hello <laughs> hello and in the end it's the headmaster of uh, the school where their son is at and uh, he's like there's been an accident with your son he's fine but you know we, we've needed to ring and tell you and basically she's like right i'm on the first plane home because she needed no excuse to leave and she's like the women right so she goes she gets she managed to get the last seat on the plane and she's like can you ask the bishop about coming over to england and he's like well i can't now but i will ask to try and get some time off and he walks her out to the boat to get a flight and says goodbye and then she sort of leaves and he looks really sad and alone then like he's just basically yeah. got his work and nothing else so he tells the bishop about son and laura going and then they have a discussion about the mosaics in the church i love mosaics they're so beautiful aren't they they're gorgeous they're so like intricate some of them and he climbs up on this platform thing to compare these mosaics to see if it's, like, fitting with the time. And a piece of wood crashes down on this oh. platform and he's hanging for dear life. Terrifying. Apparently he did that stunt himself. Really? Yeah, he did it himself because the stuntman wasn't insured, so he wouldn't oh. do it. And oh. apparently he was attached to this wire as a precaution because he was spinning round... The stuntman said that the wire probably wasn't designed for that and it could have snapped yeah. at any minute oh, wow. and it could have fallen. And, wow. Yeah. Old Sutherland is hardcore. I know. My fa- my favourite thing about this is all he says is when he's dangling, he's like, ooh. <laughs> I'd have been like, ah. So they swing him towards another platform and manage to save him. And I feel like this gives him the value of life and he wants mm. to live at this point because they're just kind of going through the motions at this point. And then they're like, do you need to sit down? And he's like, no, I'll have a walk. And the bishop walks with him. And then he says that uh, one of the fathers was killed. Oh, no, his father was killed in a fall. Like, on something to do with the church. And he's like, oh, brilliant. Okay, then, I'm going to go home. And then he says, "Uh, my wife warned me I was in danger here. The bishop is immediately on board for this. He's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. (laughs) And then... They go past police and a gathering of people and there's been another murder and they pull a body out of canal and it's a woman and then he's like, yeah, I think I might leave. I think I need to leave. So he goes back to the hotel to get his stuff together to join his wife. He's like travelling back to the hotel and he sees a boat with his wife on and the two women. So he's like, mm, that's weird. What's going on? 
So he asks the manager, he's like, have you seen my wife? I've just seen her. And, and everyone's like, no, we've not seen your wife. I don't know what you're on about. And then he's like, no, I just saw her. And then at this point, they must be closed for the season because I think he's had to move hotel yeah. anyway. And the guy's like, Senor, we are closed. We are closed. And he's pained and he's just like, I'm on he's holiday. He's really lamenting having to <laughs> on do holiday. something he's on holiday. I know, right? To be fair, I think they work solidly for mm. the season, so like they need time off after that. So he he sort of wanders the streets being a bit confused and he sees a glove which looks like the glove that he's wearing. Yeah. And a doll on the side of the canal. So then basically he goes to the police and he's like, There's these two suspicious women who they draw terrible pictures of <laughs> and he's like, I don't know where my wife is and he says something about making the living appear dead on the hmm. sketch, which I thought was a bit strange. And he's like, what happened? And, and he's like, well, there was two women and they claimed to see my daughter and then I saw them and my wife went to England, but then I saw her and it's all very weird. And they're like, I, I don't know what you're doing. And then they're like, what is it you fear? And then he's like, well, there's a killer on the loose and my wife is not a well woman. And then... He's sort of saying, well, have they got something that she needed from them, these these two mm. women? And and I was like, that man is tiny. He's the tiniest policeman that I've ever seen. He isn't very tall, is he? He's so little. So then he ends up walking the streets, does John, after this, and he just doesn't know what's going on. There's pigeons everywhere. And there's a man who looks really suspicious who is following him. And... John sees a red-coated figure again. So he tries to follow them, but he can't find them. And then, like, he's following this red-coated figure and then the man's following him, but he goes to the bar. And then I think John realises that he's near where the two women were staying. Yeah. So he goes into this hotel and he's like, have you seen these two women? And they're like, oh, they've left. Mm, So That's suspicious. Yeah. And then... It turns out that this man that was following him is part of Murder Squad. So he's like, Mm. hello, Murder Squad. All right, then. Could you not have just come up to him (laughs) and not been weird? I know, yeah. So the women have moved to a different place. So that kind of looks suspicious. And then uh, John goes to see the bishop and he calls England while he's waiting to check on Johnny. And they're like, Johnny's fine. He had a bit of a concussion, they think. So they just have to keep an eye on him it's absolutely fine and then she's like oh i guess you want to speak to your wife and he's like what now is she there and then she's like hi yeah he's fine he's feeling great um i'm coming back i'll be there for 11 and he's like i saw you here and she's like no no i've been here and then he's like where are you and she's like well i'm at the school that's where i am and he's like what what is happening and then the bishop comes to see him and he looks like really confused and he's like, are you all right? And he's like, yes, yes, I'm fine. So Laura leaves from the school, doesn't say bye to her son. No, doesn't say bye to him. He's like, do you want to say bye to your son? No, it'd be fine. So John goes back to the police station and he sees Heather, one of the sisters at the station, the blind one, and she's scared and confused. She's like, my sister's at the British consulate. They hauled us into here. I don't know why... I don't know what's going on. And she's like, I just want to go home. Um, 
and then John's like, oh, that might be my fault, sorry. I <laughs> I might have uh, implicated you in a crime. I'll walk you home. So Laura, in this meantime, Laura's coming home as well. And John walks this lady home and she's like, oh, it's really safe to walk around here and I can kind of identify where the canal is by the echoes of the mm. tunnels and stuff. And I was like, I'd be terrified if yeah, I was blind like walking around there. Constantly falling. Yeah, and she's like, my sister hates it. There's too many shadows. And then uh, he's walking with this woman and uh, she's like, do you like cats? And he's like, I like them, but they don't like me very much. And he takes her to the hotel and then they're like, we swapped hotel because we've been told that there was prowlers about. Ooh. So we, we moved because we thought, you know. Best way. Best way. Yeah. They get to a room and Wendy, the sister's there and she's really salty and she's like, we're leaving tomorrow. I'm done with this now. So... He has a drink at the sister's house and then the blind woman has a vision and then he leaves. He doesn't help her at all. She's It's like she's having a full-on yeah. seizure and he's just like, I'll see you later then. Yeah. I'm going to go. And then she's like, get him back. Don't go. Get him back. And, and she's like, what? And he's like, she's like, get him back now. So then the, the sister sort of saunters out. He's miles away by this point. And she kind of shouts for him from the door of her hotel. <laughs> and then Laura comes and she she takes her to Wendy and he's like, I saw, saw Christine, you need to find him. You've got to find him. She told you to leave Venice. And then Laura's like, oh shit, I better go find him. So she runs off to go find him. But John is sort of quite a way away at this point. He's moving pretty quickly, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. And he sees this red-coated figure, which looks like his daughter again. So he decides that he's going to follow this, follow this coat. And he's chasing them through the streets. Goes through this gate, which he ends up shutting and locking. Because I'm guessing it's like, well, they can't get out this way, yeah. so I can find them, kind of thing. And he ends up walking through this really dark passage. Laura's following, but she can't get through this gate. And he keep, he keeps going because he's through. And he hears this crying and he's like, oh, okay, so I'm going to follow that noise then. And he sees this little red figure in the corner which basically looks like the ghost of his daughter. Mm. And he's like, it's okay, I'm a friend. I've come to help you, are you all right? And then the figure turns round. Oh, man. And it's a little... Sort of a little murderous dwarf, apparently, yeah. in a in a red coat, who's got a knife, and then he stabs John, and then John's bleeding out in Venice. Oh, it's awful. And then he remembers the picture at the start of the red coat, yeah, mm, which he thought was, was his daughter, like which it wasn't. And then it cuts to. The funeral boat with Laura and two women, which he saw. So he basically had a, a vision of them at his funeral, which is terrifying. And uh, she gets out of the boat with the son and the two women to attend the funeral, and it just finishes. That's it. I know, it's really sad. But all that time, he was seeing... Basically, he saw his own demise. It's but because he didn't believe it, he didn't do anything about it. It's terrifying, that, isn't it? I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Go probably a one for the stabbing and no humour because it isn't funny. It's not a funny, uh, it's not a laugh riot. 
It certainly isn't, no. But it's it's like regarded as one of like the highest sort of best British films that, that there is. But yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Very inter- it it kind of reminded me of Donnie Darko a little bit of the sort of, you know, like whatever you do, whatever happens, like your fate is sealed basically. Yeah. So he was always meant to die there, which I thought was quite ex- interesting. So I would give it a watch. I would recommend. I would. It's atmospheric. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful fashion, cinematography. Yeah. Venice is nice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So next week... We're going to do the original TV movie, Stephen King's Ooh. It. Excellent. It might be a long episode, that one, because it's quite a long... It certainly is. It's one of the few ones thing. I've seen. I know, yeah. <laughs> so for next week, watch Stephen King's It from 1990. And in the meantime, we are on Facebook at Wonderful and Strange. We are on Twitter at WNS Horrorpod. And we're also on the emails at wonderfulandstrange at hotmail.com. And we're also on Buy Me a Coffee. If you would like to keep us caffeinated, request a film, or have access to our Twin Peaks content, we are there on WNS Horrorpod. That's us for this week. That's it. Stay safe, everybody. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. 
When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.